A dictionary definition of the word context is the interrelated conditions in which something exists or occurs. AQMB's Artist Statement podcast is a conversation series exploring the fresh perspectives in art generated by these changing contexts, politically, culturally, socially, other. It features artists and thinkers orbiting our world, where we chat in response to developments in technology, communication and beyond. I'm Associate Editor Jared Davis, and in this episode I talk with Hugh Lemmy, a writer whose novels create alternate imaginings of the present, casting a critical and at times satirical eye on topics from politics to belief systems, gay culture to psychotropic drugs. Having relocated from the UK to Barcelona, Hugh is the author of three novels, most recently Unknown Language via Ignota Books, and a prolific critic with articles for The Guardian, Freeze, Flash Art, as well as his regular essay series on the Substack platform, Utopian Drivel. I first came to Hugh's work through his novel Red Tory, My Corbin Chemsex Hell, and was hooked by its mix of acerbic political satire, psychedelic speculative fiction, and takes on hypermediated gay life in London. I've been eager to chat with Hugh on the topics of history, embodiment and media that span across his work. The idea behind a novel was from a conversation with a friend about uh, what he termed as like the psychotropic edge, uh, which I use that term in in the book, which is the relationship between um, not just hallucinogens, but but, 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 uh, substances like uh, psychotropic substances things that change your relationship with your sense sense senses and your sen- sensory interactions with the world and wider social and political change um and uh there's this sort of concept in in britain and british culture of the second summer of love you know so so we we can understand like that that obviously hallucinogens and uh, and other drugs we play this huge part in the so-called first summer of love in the 1960s in San Francisco and somehow stimulated this sort of chain was part of a change in cultural and moral attitudes, um, which is sometimes overplayed. Like I think that that relationship is there, but actually I think there are much stronger social changes at at play there, like uh, post-war social changes in terms of people going back from the wars and this change in people's expectations um, changing demographics um, in, in, in Europe and especially in the UK also like the birth of the welfare state created much more opportunities for working class people to enter like cultural institutions um, or to become actors and musicians etc etc but yeah like that's so, so but drugs was a part of it and then then in the 1980s and early 90s the second sum, summer of love uh, I think it was 89 was um, was rave uh, and the, the the sort of growth in the UK of acid house uh, and acid house cultures, which um, obviously has like a, a long history going back to the US also related like really intimately with drugs. Um, but the thing I found fascinating about this idea in the second summer of love is that there was this sort of nascent far right movement growing in the UK, uh, which was mainly recruited, recruiting its sort of um, boots on the ground from football terraces and from football hooliganism. And that throughout the eighties football hooliganism, uh, yeah, became a recruitment ground for a national front and for far-right organisations like um, Combat 18 in the 90s and Chelsea Headhunters and things like this. And that 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 movement was kind of popped or the energy was taken out of it by um, by the second summer of love and specifically ecstasy and this this whole thing of like these anecdotal stories of these guys who were sort of on the edge of the hooligan movement or even in the hooligan movement and into sort of, you know, beer and cocaine, like lager and cocaine, and then... And then ending up finding themselves going out to these sort of raves and taking ecstasy and they're 
their entire sort of consciousness around like who they were politically was materially changed by the drug side. So the, the idea of the book is kind of like what if it was this almost this third summer of love can be instigated or that there can be this like intentional change within the drift towards the far right um, uh, or, or towards the right in general, actually in the UK. And that's sort of the idea behind the book. Um, and the aspect of queerness, like, yeah, I think, I mean, I was recently uh, been doing some research on the Emperor Hadrian uh, for for a book I'm writing. Um, who was, you know, you can't use the term gay necessarily, but he was super gay, uh, and his relationship with um, Antonus, who was this a much younger Greek guy that he sort of had this intense, passionate love affair with. That was, I mean, all sorts of shades of fucked up, fucked upness about it. <clears throat> but um. But I, I I I knew about this story in Antonus and these these statues of Antonus and stuff, and that Antonus uh, killed himself, um, drowned in, or supposedly killed himself in the Nile, or or perhaps just accidentally drowned, or perhaps murdered. And I was researching it, and actually, then there's this part this part of, of his life story that I never knew, which was his involvement uh, because he was he was um, he was very uh, Hellenistic. He was like he was a Roman emperor who was very into Greek culture, and as part part of his like obsession with Greek culture, he started taking part in these ceremonies called the Elysian Mysteries, which are like these week long, um, like uh, esoteric ceremonies for religious worship that came from um, an even like a, a very early agrarian cult in in Minoan Greece. Uh, but the psychotropics were, were were potentially a huge part of this, and actually that he he developed this sort of intense relationship with this younger guy uh, through these these mysteries, and then in the end he ends up taking this guy to take part in them, which which happens like a year or two before they arrive in Egypt and they go on this tour of Egypt where they also get really sucked into like these um, uh, religious and magical aspects of like. Uh, ancient Egyptian religions and they see these priests and these magicians etc etc and actually that in the end it was this sort of like psychotropic experience sort of damaged An- Antonus in his relationship so much that actually uh, they d- they decided that they were probably going to they were going to sacrifice him specifically for like part of this like drug cult that Hadrian was in yeah. sorry that's a little aside but I'm just like oh yeah it's always been there like this this weird relationship yeah you're right between like psychotropics like strange uh straight like shifted concepts of reality and your your sensory perception engagement with reality and queerness yeah. i'm sure there's other like yeah, much deeper things as well to do with, uh, as you're saying like uh different forms of embodied knowledge that that you're more willing perhaps queer people like are more willing to experience in a way to deal with some of the issues that come from there mm-hmm. bringing or living as queer in a heteronormative society and cishet society to you know, come to terms with your your relationship with your body more. This was just a teaser for an episode of AQMB's Artist Statement podcast, available exclusively to our subscribers. If you'd like to listen to this and other bi-monthly episodes like it in full, consider signing up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash AQNB. You'll also have free access to downloadable compendiums of new music and digital artworks while helping support our commitment to presenting fresh perspectives around art, music and online culture at AQMB.com. Our theme music is Coughing Up Pearls by Felicita. See you next time.